0: Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. Good morning and welcome again to First Nazarene. Thank you so much uh, for being here, whether you're here every single week or you're a grandparent or a friend of a family who came for the uh, children's program this morning. Thank you for being here. My name is Galen. I'm the lead pastor here. If I haven't met you yet, I would love to uh, after this service. It is so good to be together in one place with all generations, to be able to hear God's word, even from the mouths of our children. Isn't that good? Uh, My wife leaned over to me, and she's like, that kid just quoted scripture. I don't even think you need to preach today. And I was (laughs) like, all right, have a good week, everybody. See you later. Um, And hey, I won't be too long today, but I do want to share with you just a few brief thoughts. Uh, If you are new to our church, I would really encourage you to lean in. This is the season we call Advent. It's right before Christmas. We're looking forward to celebrating Christmas, and we're looking forward to Jesus coming once again. We've called it Finding Light in the Dark. Uh, Over the last few weeks, if you haven't been here, Finding Hope. In a world that seems pretty hopeless at times, where do you find your hope? Finding peace when your life is chaotic and unsettled. Where do you turn to for peace? Last week, Pastor Jam did a phenomenal job finding joy in a time where it feels like there is not a lot to be celebrated. If you missed any of those, go back online, either in the app or our website, and find them. Especially if any of those themes speak to you. I need that. I need peace. I need hope. I need joy. Uh, Go back and listen to them. Today, finding love. Uh, Some of you are like, really? I came here single. Is this a matchmaking service? No, not that. (laughs) Finding love. And we need love in this dark world. Uh, Harvard Harvard Graduate School of Education uh, did a report fairly recently that said this in terms of loneliness think about this one out of every three people would say not just hey I, I feel lonely sometimes I feel lonely all of the time or almost all of the time one out of every three people sitting here would say that. This included uh, 50% of mothers with young children. Uh, any tired mothers just feel lonely? Yes, one out of every two. And 61% of young people. And of course, loneliness is, uh, we can have a, a thought to say, well, man, you're just lonely. Like, go make some friends, right? You're just lonely. But it's so much deeper than that. Loneliness actually leads to increased rates of depression, anxiety, heart disease, substance abuse, domestic abuse, and early mortality. Loneliness leads to these things. We need love. What's that old song from the 65? From 65, something? What the world needs now is love. I don't know. Some of you know that song. I don't. It's a little (laughs) bit older for me. But you know it. Finding. Love. Today I just really want to share with you three big questions around love for you to reflect on during this Christmas season. Let me ask you first of all, do you remember your first love? Think back. Do you remember your first love? Uh, this wasn't my first love, but it's my first experience with someone trying to communicate and share with me what love is. Uh, Take me all the way back to sixth grade social studies class. There was a girl named Meltessa. You can't make this up. And she said, hey, do you wanna be my boyfriend? And I was like, what is that? She's like, well, we just hang out. We'll be boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm like, okay. I don't know what that is, sure. I said, okay. So then uh, the social studies teacher puts on a movie. That seems like great education, I guess. And she slips her hand in mine. I said, excuse me, what are you doing? I like, pull my hand back. <laughs> That's what boyfriends and girlfriends do. I'm like, uh, okay, this is weird. I don't like it. And I remember, Sitting there holding hands, watching this movie, and my hands began to sweat like crazy. I mean, it was her. It was her. It wasn't me. And I remember it felt weird. And I was like, I leaned over. Why are we holding hands? Because you're my boyfriend and I love you. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, very cute. And I was like, if this is what love is, I'm not sure I like it. This is. <laughs> we, I think we broke up the next day. It was a very long, <laughs> long relationship. What is love? Is that love? I don't think so. Yet, we live in a land where we love about everything. This is Chicago. We love pizza. We love bears and cubby bears and socks. Uh, We love restaurants, vacation, cars, homes, deeper level. We love our friends, our, our family, our spouse. There's different levels of love, isn't there? This church, we love God and we love serving others. Let me ask you, if you had to define love, how would you define it? What is love? Scripture tells us 1 John chapter four, which if you love to open your Bible and follow along, it will be uh, most of the verses primarily from there, 1 John four, seven through 12. We read in scripture that God is the one who defines love. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is Love now here's an interesting just think about this for a second. God is love Love is not God You see the difference? God is love and defines love Love any kind of love is not love God. God is the one who defines what love is. We live in a day and age where love is love just to let everybody love each other and that sounds great at first philosophically like just you love what you love and don't just worry don't worry about me let me love but what happens when your definition of love clashes with my definition of love then it feels like well you can't tell me and I can't tell you and well love shouldn't really have any parameters or boundaries right just let people love people is the cultural thought. Yet, you play that out over history, if you've done any kind of education, you know this does not work. The idea of the sexual revolution of the 60s, like, well, just consenting adults, love is love, who cares, right? Let it play out for 50 years, and now look at our society today. The amount of broken homes, the amount of mental health, uh, it doesn't work. So who defines love, and then who gets to set the parameters for love? Because we think, well, do we really need any parameters? But then you take it to the extreme, and terrible things that have been done because people say, "Well, I you're like, okay, those things can't happen, right?" So we do need some parameters. So today, let me ask you: Who gets to decide those parameters for you, and how you define love? Parameters, at the end of the day, help love thrive. That's why God gives us the way that he defines love, we're not gonna get into all of it today. I mean, if God is love and it's who he is and it comes from him, it's the reason he's created the whole world, that's like enough sermons for the entire year, we can't get into all of it. But God sets parameters around love for healthy human flourishing. Some of you, if you're anything like me, when you are a high schooler, you're like, well, I'm in love, and so you take it to the extreme, right? And there's no parameters set. But then you you take that on one side and on the other side contrast it with a healthy marriage between two people committed to one another for life. Do you recognize that that marriage brings safety and security? So you're not as insecure wondering, "Well, no, it brings parameters that bring about life. God is the one who defines love. And in scripture, we get the clearest picture of God's love, it says this is what real love is. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world, Christmas. So that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we have loved God. But God has loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Really fast. God has created the entire creation because of his love. He wants to share who he is with all of creation. He says come and enter into this relationship with me yet our sin has separated us from him. And God can't let this be, so instead he himself comes in his son Jesus to come and to be born and to live a perfect life, to die the death that we deserve because of our sin, but in his resurrection to offer us new life, to say you can be forgiven. You don't have to carry the weight of the shame of the things that you have done. You can be forgiven and set free, made clean, as pure as white snow, scripture says, and in relationship, loving relationship with God and with those around you, experiencing the way that life is supposed to be lived. This is God's love. Or maybe more familiar, for God so loved, again, his motivation behind all that he has done is not narcissistic, egocentric, like, oh, look at me. No, he wants to share his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Some people struggle with this last part. I you hear this. How, here's a question we get, I get asked quite a bit. Well, if God is love, this is an interesting cultural thought today. If God is love, how could he send people to hell, right? Some of you have struggled with that. Here's what C.S. Lewis would say, and I, I love this thought. I don't believe God sends anybody anywhere. Think of it this way. In a relationship, there must be free will for love to exist. If there's no free will and you're, that's not love. There must be free will for love to exist. And so God gives us free will to choose. Will we love him, will we love others, will we not? And he gives you the choice. You can love him or you can turn your back. You can do whatever you want to do. At the end of the day, God will give you exactly what you want. If you want a relationship with him, if you don't, well if you didn't want a relationship with him now, why would you want a relationship with him later anyway? All of us will come to the point where we will say to God, God, your will be done in my life. Or God will say to us, your will be done. I don't think God sends anybody anywhere. We choose whether or not we want to love God or not. It goes on in our, and think of our theme, light and the dark. So this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. Ooh, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds may be exposed. See, when we sin, it causes us to hide and in our shame, we hide it from others. If they only knew what I did, if they only found out who I really am, and so we hide. Scripture says at the end of the day, everything's gonna be brought into the light anyway, but it goes on. Whoever lives by the truth Comes into, comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly. What they have done, yes, but it has been done in the sight of God. So God, would you forgive me? Would you, because of what you have done through Jesus, through his birth, through his life, his death, his resurrection, God, you have forgiven me. So that when God looks at us, he now looks at us through the lens of Jesus, who's perfect, who has forgiven us. So yes, it's brought into the light, but then you experience this freedom For there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what Romans says. So we are not uh, dead in our sin, dead in our shame, when we have been made alive because of the love of Jesus. We love the light. Second thing I would say today is that love is selfless service. This is one aspect of love. It is overly simplistic. Love is so much more than this. But if I had to boil it down to one sentence, love is selfless service service. For God so loved the world that he gave selfless service. John 15, Jesus says, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is interesting. Love each other. Hey, go love each other. Okay. Yeah, like I'm thinking of my spouse, like I kind of like them. I love them. I kind of like them too. That's important. Like love one another. Okay, I I could love them, but how? Jesus says, in the same way that I have loved you. Well, how has Jesus loved us? He left everything he had. He laid out all status, power, authority to the side, as Philippians 2 says. He laid down his life, he gave up everything for people that may not even love him in return. When God says love one another, love one another in this way. Lay down everything you have to love them and to elevate them. Love one another in this way, for there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. Often in this world, we live in such a way that it's what can I get, right? It's about me, am I being loved? Can I get more love? Yet the shape of God's love is selfless service. It's not self-gratifying, it's self-sacrificing. The more you try to get, eventually you'll have to admit Your soul is unsatisfied and our culture has lied. For the way to find life is to follow Jesus's way. Lay down your life for others and give it away. For Christmas is found in the way that we live. It's not about what we get. Instead, it's about what we give. The more you try to love, get attention, or earn love, the more desperate, restless, and empty you'll feel. But God's grace says, no, 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 you are loved already. It's not about what you can do about your works, or you're a good person, or you can earn it. No, you are saved by grace through faith in the Son of God. Jesus, I believe who you are. I believe that you love me. I believe that you've died to forgive me of my sins. I believe you're making me new. You are already loved. It's by receiving this Gift. And the Spirit comes and lives inside of us and then helps us to live. Not just, woohoo, I've received it, I'm great. But now to give God's love away through us to others. And here's what you'll find if you do this it's paradox, I understand. The more you give things away freely, lovingly, generously, you will experience more fulfillment, more joy, more satisfaction, contentment, peace, and love. You get love by giving it away to others, for it is far better to give than to receive. Third thought for you today, love works. On two levels, love works. Number one, as a society, if we would all just love one another, and I know that sounds simplistic, if we would all live in this way where we're laying down our life for one another, everyone would have what they need. And it's not because, like, look at me and how self-autonomous I am and how I provided for myself and how I made it and I'm successful. No, it's I've let others into my life who care about me and in return I care about them. Philippians says, don't look out to your own interest but to the interest of others. And so if we all did this, this would be the way that God has designed the world and I understand in Advent, uh, we're actually looking at how things are not really right in the world. We recognize how this is lost and missing. But love works if we all were to live in this way. But also there's a second piece that is more personal for us. Love one another Dear friends, since God has loved us this much to lay down his life, to give us life, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought about to full expression within us. Last thing today, I want you to think about love in two categories loving God. Do you love God? And others. Do you love others? Jesus, obviously, he wraps up all the law, all the Old Testament, everything we're supposed to do, wrapped up in these two things. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So think in two categories. Loving God, do I love God? Others. How well do I love others? You know, we have an interesting phrase uh, in our culture. Uh, Some of you, when you describe your story, you're sitting next to your spouse maybe today. Yes, we first fell in love when we were 19, right? We have this phrase, we fell in love. Can I challenge this for a second? When have you ever fallen and that was a good thing? (laughs) Think about it for a second. Oh, well, and you think maybe you'll get together at Christmas and you'll have, like, the young person in your life who's trying to find love, you know. Uh, she, you know she fell in love with the trainer at the gym, but it didn't work out. She fell in love with the astronaut, but he all, all he wanted was space. <laughs> she fell in love with the barber, but eh, he cut it short. <laughs> the gamer played her, the soccer player wasn't a keeper, and the banker showed no interest very sad. Those are for you for later. You're welcome. (laughs) I hope she falls in love someday. Falling in love. You know, it's interesting. I was walking down the stairs and I, I tripped and I fell and it was great. No, of course not. I fell and landed on my arm and it was the best decision of my life. We don't fall in love. I would actually say love works. Now, you may not define it as work because I get it, the the notion of that, it was whimsical, it was easy, you just woke up one day and you're infatuated with somebody else, right? Like, it happened, it was so quick, it was wonderful, I fell in love. But I would challenge you to think back, it was intentional. You went on dates, which means you cleared your calendar. You spent money on this person, which means you invested in it, well, maybe, some of you, you invested in them. You went out of your way to intentionally things to love them. Love works. It didn't feel like work because you enjoyed it so much, but it was work. Now if this is true, I think the opposite is true. I don't think you just fall out of love. What if falling out of love was simply the end of a long process of unconsciously losing your intentionality? If you want to love, we do so intentionally. Working with selfless intentionality brings about love. The lack of selfless intentionality is where love begins to disappear. If your love stopped working, why? I think it comes a point where both parties, and I understand you can't control the other, but where both parties stop serving and loving 100%. Jim and Pat Hare taught me this. A Relationship is not 50-50. It's 100-100. 100 100 Everything you have to serve and love the other. If your love stopped working, I think it's probably because we stopped working. If you want to be loved, not just in a marriage or a marriage prospect, but even by friends, intentionally love them. Consciously make decisions to go out of your way to show them how valuable they are to you. And while we know this is true with others, now don't miss this, the same thing is true in our relationship with God. You don't just fall in love with God. And you don't just fall out of love with Him either. You fall in love with God by intentionally putting yourself in places and spaces and doing practices and being with these people that are Christians. It's intentional decision. God, I'm choosing to wake up and to thank you for today. I'm choosing to go to you in prayer and express all of my needs before you. God, I'm choosing to love and serve others because you have called me to do it. And as I do it and I sit with you and I see you at work in my life, I realize how good you are. And how much I really do love you back in return. Now, the same thing is true. You don't just fall out of love with God. I think of it this way growing up, uh, my mom, still today, makes homemade, from scratch, uh, family recipe, Ryman seminar rolls. And they are the, Ryman's my last name. Seminar rolls are the best thing. The way she makes them, like Pillsbury Pillsbury ain't got nothing on my mom, okay? (laughs) And I remember, like, even as a kid, you smell it first, right? In the house, like, oh. Friends, when we pray, like, God, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Every time that oven fires up, a little bit of heaven invades the earth, okay? When you eat those things, you don't need somebody to tell you that Jesus loves you because you have tasted and seen (laughs) God loves you through those seminar rolls. They're so good. Now watch this. When I was young, I experienced them all the time. I loved it. I got a little older, I moved out of the house. I would come home every now and then, experience them again. Got a little older and moved away, but I'd still make it home maybe once or twice a year. I loved them. Then i developed this terrible gluten allergy and I can't eat them anymore, it's the worst thing in the world. (laughs) But I still have the memory of them, so I could still say I love them. They're very different meanings when I say love along that road. Some of you grew up in church. You experienced God from a young age. You experienced his love. and You knew it was good, you knew it was right. But maybe you got a little bit older, changed your practices, your habits, the people you were around. Maybe you experienced it from time to time. Maybe once or twice a year. And Maybe you have this memory. Well, if I asked you today, do you love God? You would say yes. But maybe it's more of a memory than the love of God in your heart today, which is changing everything about your life. There's overcoming you with joy and love and peace and hope as you trust in Him. There's overflowing out of your life for those around you. Changing how you see people and life's not about what me and my career or my family or what I can accumulate or accomplish. It's instead about how I can serve and give it away and love others and raise them up and see and experience and receive love as you give it away. Friend, today if I ask you, do you love God? I'm assuming all of you would say yes. But how are you experiencing his love today that is changing you? Can I tell you that you can? This week, can you love intentionally? Make intentional decisions to choose to love God. Make intentional decisions to love those around you. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, pray with me. Jesus says, we wait for the ultimate fulfillment of love when you come again. We recognize that this world needs love. God, if we're honest, we need love. For the person who's here today, and you know that maybe you're not living in a relationship with God, maybe you have never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin, to wipe away your sin and your shame and to make you new. Today, he has been pursuing you, and he wants this relationship with you. If that's you today, just in your own mind, can you say, Jesus, forgive me. Give me new life. Let me experience your love. And the love and peace of Jesus will go over you. And friend, today, know that you are forgiven of your sin and God is making you new as you follow and trust in him. God, my heart is heavy today for maybe the one who is here who feels like they are loving at 100%, whether it be a friend or a spouse, and they feel like they are not receiving 100% back. God, my heart is heavy for them. Would you encourage them today that you know exactly what that feels like, that you gave up all, even for people that may not return it. God, would you give them all of the strength and grace and endurance and patience that they need today to continue to do your good work, to love others, well. God, for all of us in this Christmas Eve, help us to share your love. We know your love is the light of the world, so help us to share it with those around us, particularly in the next few days as we approach Christmas. Let us be a people who go out of our way to consciously, intentionally love you and love others. God, fill us to overflowing with your love today. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. thanks again for joining us for the First Naz Podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already, to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.